Hi and welcome to the Conspiracy Only La podcast where we will be exploring the unknown, the strange, the paranormal, the unexplained and even true crimes solved and unsolved. This is a bi-weekly podcast made right here in Singapore as you noticed by the Conspiracy Only La, hin hin, if some of you actually get it, that will be recorded once every two weeks or whenever I'm free. So we will be delving into a huge load of conspiracy theories, paranormal experiences from listeners, from people I've come across, the stories that they shared, outlandish theories and many more. We'll try and debunk some and see which one are actually true. And most of our discussions are based on research done by me, uh, listener suggestions, the news, or things that are just outright controversial. So currently how I'll be structuring my podcast will be like, the first is a main story or topic and then we move on to either a local tale or something I found out in my efforts of researching through the vast amounts of data available on the internet. Or I guess any of the local library sources and all that. So anything that I find particularly interesting that I like to share, that's the second part of my podcast. Um, before recording anything, i just like to mention that all the parts of news clips used belong to the respective news agencies and the audio I'm using is free to be used from an online audio library. Uh, any of the information you guys hear are straight out of the news or library sources I've compiled together. To begin, I'm your host, conspiracy and paranormal enthusiast, Mr. Afik Izzuddin, and I'm also a comic geek as well as a horror fan. Um, I'm born and raised a Singaporean, so well, I'm not going to tell you where I live. I mean, some of you already know some of my friends. So anyway, uh, well, since it's the first time I'm recording, bear with me if things don't go as planned. Um, let's begin our first ever podcast with an interesting Asian aviation mystery, the disappearance of Malaysia flight MH370 on the 8th of March 2014. This is CNN Breaking News. This is Piers Morgan Live, breaking news tonight. A Malaysia Airlines plane carrying 239 people bound for Beijing is missing. According to a statement from the airline, air traffic control lost contact with flight MH370 from Kuala Lumpur at 2.40 a.m. about two hours after takeoff. We're awaiting a press briefing from the airline, which of course we'll bring you live when it happens. I want to go straight to CNN's David McKenzie from Beijing. David, what do we know about this missing plane? Well, what we know is this plane went missing, according to state media, in Vietnamese uh, airspace, peers. It was due to land here at 6.30 in the morning local time in Beijing. This Boeing 777 from Malaysian Airlines, a uh, packed plane with 239 people on board, including 12 crew members uh, and two infants. Uh, they are searching frantically for where the plane went down, if it did go down. I'm Will Blitzer reporting. Once again, we want to welcome our viewers in the United States and around the world. We want to update you on the breaking news regarding missing uh, Malaysia Airlines Flight 370. The Malaysian Air Force uh, top official now telling CNN the plane was way, way off course when it went missing. That, according to this official who declined to be named because he's not authorized to talk to the international news media. The official saying the Air Force traced the Malaysian Air Force traced the last signs of the plane to a very small island in the Straits of Malacca. If the Air Force information is correct, the plane was flying in the opposite direction from its scheduled destination. It was not on the route scheduled to fly from Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia to Beijing in China. There's a lot to assess right now. This is very, very important information just coming out in the course of this 
The greatest aviation mystery of all time started when Malaysia Airlines Flight 370 disappeared from radar screens three and a half years ago. Someone turned off the Boeing 777's onboard tracking devices, but air traffic control saw the jet turn south, away from its Kuala Lumpur to Beijing flight path. Later, satellite pings suggested it had flown for hours towards Antarctica before crashing when it ran out of fuel. Despite a massive search in the Indian and Southern Oceans, the final resting place for the 239 passengers and crew has remained elusive, possibly until now. Alright, so what you guys just heard was the news audio clips that I've gathered together. It somehow painted a better picture as to how the entire world perceived its disappearance based on what was told to the majority and it's like so-called of like a recap for you all for those of you who I guess forgot about what actually happened to MH370 since it's been four years right as of 2018 now I'm recording it in 2018 it's been four years well it's full of controversy and speculation so in the next section I'm about to present to you all the facts and the details that are pretty intriguing as well as some of the more probable theories as well as those outlandish theories but all in all it's up to you to decide so let's head on to the facts alright guys I'm back and let's start with the facts right so, the basic details of the incident are that um, an aircraft that big can't just disappear just like that. I mean, it doesn't make sense at all. Uh. And here are the facts about the mysterious case. So, it was actually a routine scheduled flight from Kuala Lumpur to Beijing, being piloted by a veteran pilot, Mr. Zahari Shah, who even has his own flight simulator at home. His colleagues said that he's actually a dedicated pilot a family man who doesn't have any financial problems or any mental problems. So at 12.40am, he departed from KLIA for a five and a half hour flight. He heads northeast over the Malaysian Peninsula and at about 1.20am, it reached the edge of Malaysian airspace switching to Vietnam air traffic control but it lost contact entirely after that. So, aircraft position tracked by radar shows that it is headed in that path but after a while it never reappeared on the radar so the transponders also stopped working which is actually a radio designed to respond to radar interrogation so basically it just tells the radar speed the flight pattern the altitude but then like begs the question right what actually happened like did someone seize the plane or something Another interesting fact is that it actually was carrying lithium-ion batteries which was actually like super volatile bro like like it can spontaneously combust just because of a change in temperature or what or like you just need to tap it and then like a small temperature change then that's it man and they were actually like transporting like 500 pounds of it so it's a bit like why would you do that right I mean like there's like hundreds of passengers on the plane so anyway, um, it disappeared on the 8th of March, that night lah, on the 8th of March 2014. So, on the next morning, 9th of March 2014, a multinational search operation began. 
Three days later, Malaysia military radar noticed that flight path of the plane actually deviated from the normal scheduled flight. And then another question comes, right? Like, why did it turn around? Was it intentional or was it forced? So, it actually flew back across Malaysia, if you believe it. And it turned northwest towards the Andaman Sea, which is actually like, basically like cutting across, heading past, you, you pass Thailand and all that. So, it reached like 150 miles off the coast of Thailand at about 2.20ish a.m., like 2.25, 2.15 a.m., it suddenly became untraceable. So, they arranged their efforts into the Indian Ocean instead, but to no avail. So, they, I guess they agreed that likely it was on autopilot, then somebody changed the course manually. Lah. I mean, you have to manually change the course, right? Because it was actually headed for, where was it headed for? Hmm. Yeah, so it was headed for Beijing then. For you to like actually change the flight path, you need to like manually change it and fly it in the opposite direction. I mean like, come on lah, you can like autopilot in the opposite direction, right? So anyway, the funny thing is that the transponder was actually switched off and you actually had to flip a switch, then it is off. So somebody had to intentionally do it. And then the ACAS, which is the Aircraft Communications and Reporting System, beneath the passenger cabin, actually had data link between the aeroplane and the ground because it just like it told the position of the plane the, the flight path the performance data and all that but it can also be switched off and all you had to do was like literally pull a plug right so that also happened i mean like it's a bit weird right so anyway 16 days another discovery Handshake signals sent through the satellite systems indicated that it flew on for another additional 5 hours. What the hell happened, man? Like, 5 additional hours. So you can, from that, from the last so-called known position, like, they so-called found out that another additional 5 hours. So within a 5-hour mile radius, right, it's like so big, man. So, some of the speculations state that Probably it was a cybersecurity attack via the in-flight entertainment system. As many of you know, like if you bought the plane, right, and most of us have smartphones, all you need to do is just plug in the USB and then you can charge the phone already. So the ports that you connect to, you just need to connect to a cable and a laptop and then you can just literally like hack lah. Hack through the system. So, I mean, other than that, I guess, uh, oh, another in interesting theory is that in the center of the Indian Ocean is actually a Diego Garcia American military base uh, or you can call it an asset uh, so maybe it was an, a target maybe then another funny thing is that people in the Maldives there was actually a six eyewitness accounts saying that the, there was actually a plane or some bright flash of something just crashed into the sea but the signals of the plane where it went showed otherwise uh, so I mean it doesn't make sense right so it, could, probably could be something else a like UFO or whatever lah, but cannot be a MH370 because it wasn't even in that vicinity lah, according to the eyewitness at that time at a point of time so the plane was transmitting the final satellite signal 200 miles off the coast of Australia so the final satellite signal it was 200 miles off the coast of Australia so then comes the question lah, like okay did it like get carried by ocean currents or what okay so Later, right, they found pieces of debris on Reunion Island, 3,000 miles away, and a section on the wing known as the Flaperon. So, 
this flapron is very unique because it indicated that the erosion due to the extension so that means it extended into the water and it was ditched into the ocean manually so manually so that means it's either the pilot or the co-pilot and they suspected that it's the veteran captain who has like 30 years of experience he has like he has like a married stable life but i mean taking a plane with like a few hundred passengers is a bit stressful uh, and fatigue from the days away from your family right then the interesting is that the interesting thing is <laughs> the interesting thing is that one month before the flight simulator uh one month before the flight actually happened all right um there was actually a rec- record of the captain using the flight simulator to actually simulate a path that is similar to the one that actually they track over the indian ocean that he actually the, the basically it matched the flight path that msg 70 actually took lah so I mean, it can't be a coincidence, right? I mean, maybe, but anyway, uh, the speculations was that he depressurized the plane and crashed it. But the funny thing is that he has no financial problems, man. He has no mental problems or any conflicts, so it's difficult to see. So now we move on to the interesting details uh, of the MH370 disappearance, right? So two hours before the flight. A total of 228 seats were actually sold and not including the two children who sat with parents. So they claim that actually four people didn't board lah. So that puts the final number up to 224. You add the two kids and the 12 crew members, there actually 238. But on the official record, right, when they flew off, it was 239. So who's the extra passenger? This is where it gets like slightly creepy lah. I mean like could be terrorists or it could possibly be a paranormal explanation. But I don't know. The interesting thing is that later when they did the investigation into who actually boarded the plane, the flight, uh, the passenger flight details and all, they found out that two of the passengers are actually economic migrants on the way to Europe and they use, basically they use fake passports lah, right? But I mean... Even even though they have fake passports, like why would they like want to hijack, right? I mean, they are economic migrants getting away and getting trying to find a better life in a in a foreign country, ah, like they're basically they're trying to go go to Europe via Beijing, right? So, and most of the passengers check up normal, man. Anyway, uh, the next interesting detail is that okay, so. Um, I think in 2017 there was this diplomat guy named Zahid Raza who was investigating Malaysia Airlines disaster and he was actually shot dead man and you can confirm this by via the news agencies The Sun, Metro, Daily Mail, UK um, and it actually uh, the news I read it was on the 1st of September it was two, mo- two months ago it was quite interesting uh, so basically um, Madagascar's capital he was shot in the Madagascar's capital of Antananarivo. I don't know how to pronounce that, so don't blame me. Okay, it's my first time. So there was actually, I mean, there were speculations that it was actually an apparent assassination. Ah, just that, just when the wreck hunter Blaine Gibson found debris, by which the diplomat was supposed to collect and safely deliver to Malaysia, right? So the adventurer detective did receive 
Death Threat's trying to solve the aviation mystery, referring to the Blaine Gibson guy, like, because he was like trying to find out the truth about MH370, right? He, he like three years on, he's still like looking for the truth. So there was this Dr. Victor Ianello, who was an original member of the independent group of scientists that helped the Australian investigators to try and pinpoint the actual crash site in the Southern Indian Ocean of Western Australia. So that Mr. Gibson said that he had a good reason to be concerned. Like what makes a possible link to MH370 even more suspicious is that what he said, right, is that the time period surrounding his death, Mr. Raza's death, when he was actually expected to visit the Malagasy uh, Ministry of Transport and retrieve the additional recovered pieces and deliver those pieces to Malaysia. So, I mean, that guy was just a... He was just a diplomat, man. All he had to do was just go there and collect and somehow the news got out that the... the what's that guy named? The Blaine, Blaine Gibson guy already had the the pieces of debris right so uh, maybe people are actually trying to hide the truth or something it's a bit mysterious right i mean some of you may not actually know that that the diplomat was actually shot so this is something new anyway the next piece of information is that remember that the plane was being piloted by the veteran pilot zari shah right and he has his own flight simulator and he's dedicated so when the police investigated the pilot's house has mentioned before some of the flight paths, the so-called probable flight paths, were actually similar to those that were recorded inside his uh, flight simulator. So what's strange is that one of the flight paths was along Diego Costa, which was an American military base, probably just a coincidence. But anyway, the history of pilots facing mental illness is actually very common. So one of the examples is that I would like to share is about Andre Lubitz, who actually crash a German Wings flight 9525 straight into the French Alps if I'm correct so let me get this let me check it out right alright so the co-pilot of German Wings flight 9525 purposely crashed the plane into the French Alps killing 150 people on board you guys can check this online I mean like it's all over the news when it happened lah so we at Lufthansa are speechless that this aircraft has been deliberately crashed by the co-pilot said the CEO, which basically Lufthansa owns German Wings, right? So the Marseille prosecutor, Bryce Robin, said the co-pilot, who's a 27-year-old German national, Andreas Lubitz, apparently wanted to destroy the aircraft. It's unknown whether he actually planned his actions, but basically he took advantage of the situation. When the pilot left, right, he activated descent, which can be done deliberately. Because when they actually... Um, did an, a proper investigation and actually yeah new details that were actually released later supported the stuttering liberation that actually somebody set the plane on a crash course so most likely what was what happened was that probably the guy just like took advantage and crash her but I mean come on man like you're holding so many people's lives in your hands man it's damn scary imagine that so anyways, the theories regarding MH370, right? So one of the ones that I mentioned was actually hacking and cyber terrorism. And it could also have been like possible hijacking because of the extra tally. And it could even have been a cockpit fire that caused cabin depressurization and everybody fell asleep, man. It's like possible, man. It's just a small fire and like cabin depressurized and that's it. Or another... Another explanation could possibly be the captain himself, man. Like, he could have just crashed into somewhere or what. 
Um, another probable paranormal explanation would be the Devil's Triangle, but the Devil's Triangle is between Taiwan and certain countries, which is a bit far, so it still doesn't make sense. But the sea is a very, very mysterious place, like guys. Like throughout my podcast in the future, I would, I will like delve into a lot of sea mysteries and and stuff because like seventy percent of the world is covered by water and what we actually don't know is what's actually what is actually under the water so it's creepy but it's the tra- it's the truth man it's the facts so anyway another I mean like those outlandish theories is about aliens lah I mean it's probable I mean we don't know whether we are the only ones that actually are the only ones who are uh, exist in this universe so I mean like keep your heads open man like be open minded anything can be true man so what exactly what actually happened may never be known well god rest their souls man and my condolences to the family and friends who lost their loved ones no disrespect well uh, in recent news right um, regarding MH370 there was this Texas based company that proposed to use drones to help look for the the the, the planes uh the planes uh, debris and all that stuff so it was this Texas based company is called Ocean Infinity I guess, I guess you guys can look it up uh. in October 2017 they proposed right the Malaysians said that they were preparing to allocate between 20 million to 70 million as a reward if the wreckage of the Boeing 777 was found within 90 days uh. the difference in the reward would reflect how much of the wreck is located so however it appears that given the time pressure ocean infinity is not waiting so they actually like sent out early right because they want to maximize <laughs> yeah la. i mean like the malaysian government offered quite a lot so they're trying to take advantage of the offer that's being given and try their best to find la, right i mean efforts have been done la, but up until now the very little pieces of evidence have been retrieved Yes, every airplane wreck has a story to tell and in this case, even after 4 years on the bottom of the ocean, the physical evidence could be dramatically and decisively being stripped away and it also strips away the mystery of what brought down the plane and it's 239 souls, man, just gone in a poof. So, that concludes MH370. In the next segment, which is actually called the Side Tales segment, I'll tell you guys a local story that actually creeps me out but it actually happened but the details surrounding these rumors or I mean it did happen but the details the the rumors surrounding this incident is actually quite creepy uh, in my in in my opinion so I guess why not share it with you guys right since I found it online so stay tuned I'll take a short break and I'll be back
So guys, um, welcome back. So now we're moving on to the next segment of my podcast. Uh, we will be having a look at a side tail segment, as I would like to call it, in which we will be looking at a local case of flight SQ006, which happened in year 2000, if I'm correct. So all the details and facts that I've dug up are actually directly available for you at the NLB government website. You just need to look for crash or uh, Singapore flight SQ006 if I'm correct. So um, basically it's available on public domain so you guys can just look it up. Eh? So SQ006 was on its way to Los Angeles from Singapore via Taiwan. So I guess it was like Taiwan was like a stopover, right? So it crashed on a close runway at Chiang Kai-shek Airport, now called the Taiwan Taoyuan International Airport, during its takeoff on the 31st of October 2000 at 11:18 p.m. local time. So the incident which destroyed the aircraft and killed 83 people was SIA's first serious accident and marred its reputation of having a good safety record. So immediately after the accident, SIA changed the flight number to SQ030 which is in my opinion particularly interesting and why why do you have to actually change it right so at the time of the accident there were actually heavy thunderstorms and there were actually strong winds too because of the typhoon sang sani i don't know how to pronounce that okay so it prevailed over the chiang kai shek airport so the whole airport was like super drenched it was super windy you can't really see like very far so the aircraft being a boeing 747-400 started off once the airport cleared its departure from runway 05l at 11:15 pm however it took a right turn too soon and entered the wrong runway 05r which was actually closed for repairs so obscured visibility caused by the harsh weather and the flight crew did not see the construction equipment parked on the runway just over a kilometer we come on la bro it's at night and it's already raining so heavily right so you can't really see and by the time the pilot actually noticed the equipment was too late to swerve the plane away from the speed from from this from speeding towards the obstruction because the nose of the aeroplane actually already left the ground so the impact broke the plane in two so so like when they were actually going to go off right they were just just above then they hit the the obstruction the basically basically it was just a, a pile of construction materials and all that lah so one one big tall pile right so it it caused the plane to break in half and it filled the 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 filled fuel tank right the the whole fuel tank it just exploded bro the large fire destroyed like the forward section of the aircraft and the wings and killed many of the seated passengers in the middle section of the plane which is damn sad right so out of the 179 people who were on board 83 were killed the four crew members who died were actually all cabin crew right because it was at the front front section right so singapore's ministry of transport said that it was actually the pilot uh they they argued lah basically the taiwanese officials saying that the pilots took a wrong turn because the air traffic controllers who gave them clearance uh, had actually no visual confirmation on the plane's location and there were actually no barriers blocking off the closed runway. Uh. I mean like, it's a closed runway bro, you should at least indicate right, with lights or what. But the Taiwanese officers also objected it to the pilot's error because they said that it was pilot error that caused the accident. Uh. 
So here's where it gets creepy guys Right Putting aside all the deaths and all that Like I mean It's sad and all that But putting aside all the deaths right There were actually some rumours going around Right It's based on what I've heard going around the internet Which I basically just like Looked up on SQ006 So There were actually the main headlines Like the crash and all that right Then We found out that there was actually like one like you know when you type google and then it comes out like the the options for you to look for something you know i, I don't know what's it called like, anyway so basically you just type excuse me then so there was the crash and then was blah 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 and then there was actually ghosts so i was like huh ghosts like what is this about yeah so i mean uh you guys can take it with a pinch of salt uh, but there are actually some real life instances where similar circumstances have actually happened uh, right so okay the story goes that in 1995, a Taiwanese air stewardess was murdered in LA, Los Angeles, huh? where, the, where the plane was actually going. Huh? So the steward who was, the, the person who actually committed the crime was actually a steward who was her friend, the Taiwanese girl's friend, right? And then he was convicted and spent six years in jail. Fast forward in the year 2000, SQ006 tried to depart from Taipei Airport under extreme horrible weather conditions and crashed before it manages to take off. The, similar, the similarities that brought both of the two incidents together, of course, is Taiwanese connection. Right? So there were rumors that said that when the corpse was actually flown back from LA to Taipei, her mom specifically dressed her up in a red gown. So in Chinese custom, it means that the spirit of her would come back and take her revenge uh. so it's true uh. I mean like according to some of my friends right yeah like my Chinese friends say that if you actually wear red when you die like it's, it's a bit like revenge right? so okay the spookiest part of the story is this based on the survivor stories uh, this is what actually happened uh. so prior to taking off there was actually they actually counted an extra passenger in the cabin you remember the MH370 that's why I said like there was actually probably a paranormal explanation but regardless of the incident right so there was actually they counted an extra passenger just before they flew off okay after they recounted several times they finally thought they got it right but somehow a steward noticed that a seat which was being occupied a while ago was empty so the crew searched the toilets and the galleys and couldn't find anything meanwhile one of the leading cabin crew saw a lady flipping through a book which contains the list of passengers names so as he approached her right she suddenly dashed away and gone missing so like as i mentioned before like um according to chinese customs or superstitions if you would like to say if you wear red at a funeral it's bad because it represents happiness but also at the same time it represents anger as well as even revenge according to my chinese friends so anyway in addition to the spooky incident above right i also read rumors online stating that okay when the taiwanese air traffic controllers who were in the atc tower right when they when the plane was actually gonna fly off right they actually spotted a bright red flash moving from the back of the plane to the front just as he was about to hit the obstruction the, con- the, the construction site you know like they saw it through the small window on the side of the planes oh god man like it creeps me out man like can you imagine like oh man okay anyway these are all just rumors right but the actual accident did actually happen and 83 people lost their lives which is i guess very sad lah, so 
I mean there are survivors but still people died right anyway um the thought of a paranormal experience to explain such a tragedy is illogical but at the same time is it really like when you come to think of it like anything can happen bro. like seriously so that concludes our discussion of MH370 SQ006 anyway the main theme of the first episode is actually more of like mysterious aircraft disappearances right in I guess in in, in Asia's context uh, because like why would I want to discuss something that happened in in like Bermuda Triangle or what I mean it's intriguing but something that happened something more close to home alright so in the next section which is the I guess basically the final part of my podcast I'm just gonna conclude everything that happened and tell you guys how to contact me and what's up in the future right? like what's the probable topics that we're gonna talk about or maybe you guys can even email me which I'm gonna tell you guys in the next segment so stay tuned So guys, to end off, uh, I'm playing a more relaxed song to change the mood a little bit lah, since it was creepy just now, right? So anyway, uh, I would just like to remind you that whatever we discussed are all just based on information that I've gathered from local or international news sources and all that. Um, even have library sources or so, but some of them from the internet, then I look into the library lah. So some of them are just rumors and speculations so no disrespect to those who lost their lives and their loved ones right so we are just basically discussing the probable theories and looking at the topic from a variety of perspectives so i'm not asking you to believe but it's up to you to choose what the truth is right so that sums up our discussion and in the next episode we'll be talking about time time travelers interdimensional travel and whatever lies along those lines right so stay tuned for the next episode of Conspiracy Onila podcast. So please do email us your ghost stories, your paranormal experiences, anything strange you want me to investigate or whatever to discuss, or even future topic suggestions to me via conspiracyonila at gmail.com. That's conspiracy only and the LAH as in the Singaporean lingo that most of us know, right? So conspiracyonila, all in small caps, at gmail.com. So, and of course, spread the news that my podcasting channel is available on SoundCloud for totally free, guys. So, just look up Conspiracy Only La and follow. Or you can look up soundcloud.com slash Conspiracy Only La, all in small caps, of course. So, do subscribe or follow and spread the word, guys. Thanks a lot. I'm your host, Afik Izudin, signing off.